Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and this is show number 22, our very last show of the year. I want to thank everybody for joining me who has joined me since July and everybody who's joined more recently. It is an absolute pleasure putting together this podcast for you guys and I hope you're enjoying it as much as I do. Now, Obviously, I'm not telepathic, so I've actually created a survey link in today's show notes to ask you all to please, pretty please, I will love you forever, uh, click through that survey and answer 10 short questions about what you've loved so far and what you would love to see more of. Uh, You really don't need to make your answers go on forever. I would love if it only took you two or three minutes of your time to quickly pop through and do that. And to everybody who pops their name and email address in there, I will be drawing, thanks to random.org because I don't like trying to choose winners, uh, two winners for a wonderful basket of Lotox goodies of all sorts that I will ship anywhere in the world. So this is not just for people who are from Australia to enter. Anyone can win this anywhere in the world because we have quite a huge amount of you guys dotted all over the place and it's very, very exciting to think uh, the little Low Tox Life podcast is reaching out there to everybody. So thank you so much in advance for filling out that survey. I want to bring you the best show I can and I can't do that if I don't know what you want. So I'm I'm establishing a healthy relationship with uh, my audience by communicating, you know, just as we should in our personal uh, relationships to make them the best they can be. I want to make sure that I am doing this for all of us, not just for me. And, you know, the low-tox life pillars, while they include food and personal care and what we surround ourselves with at home, as well as environmental stuff, great brands, uh, learning about, um, you know, some health challenges, how to live our healthiest lives. There could be some things I'm forgetting. There could be some stuff within all of that that you are desperate for me to find us a fabulous guest around. And with all the people that I know, like I, I'm, I constantly think, oh gosh, I've got to interview that person. Oh gosh, I've got to interview that. But maybe there's someone amazing out there that you'd like me to interview that I don't know yet. So if you fill out the survey, then I will absolutely be across your thoughts and be bringing those into the programming for next year wherever possible. So I appreciate that. Now, what to do for our last show of the year? It's not a health topic, but it is like Uh, let's call it a a happy life topic. It's the topic of goal setting. And no, I'm not doing this because we all have to write our New Year's resolutions. I mean, not another newyearsresolution.com, please. Uh, I'm not a fan of those because I really feel like it's very wishy-washy. It's easy to give up on day two because really, how am I going to do that for the rest of my life anyway? You know, all those thoughts that we have by the, the 3rd of January. But goal setting is different, especially when you set finite amounts of time. And there's quite an interesting science behind goal setting. So I've brought my friend Julia Bickerstaff onto the show. Uh, and we, we chat for quite a while. I think, uh, I can't remember actually how long I'm now actually trying to think, but around goal setting, she has a lot to say and a lot of experience in helping people actually achieve their goals. And I'm not talking about, you know, like, um, 
I'm not talking about it having to be a health goal. You could come to a personal life goal, something you've been desperate to get done but that just keeps getting shoved to the bottom of the pile because your daily to-do list kind of gets done and then you look back on the day and go, I still haven't made a start on that. And uh, Or maybe it's because it feels too big in your mind that you haven't chunked it down effectively enough to start believing you can actually achieve what that little goal inside you might be. So it could be anything. For me, the last goal that I set out and achieved with Julia's help was my beautiful organic shopping bags, the GOTS certified ones, which I'll pop a link to in the show notes for anyone who's interested in grabbing one of those. And, you know, I just took the steps I needed to take to get that bag produced in the way I wanted to produce it with all the low-tox nerdiness that I am and have. And and I felt just such a great sense of accomplishment for ticking that off my list. And now I'm already looking forward to my next goal for the start of next year. So... I hope you enjoy the show. I hope you enjoy the incredible tips how to come up with a goal that you actually want because she's found in her experience that half the time we're setting goals that we don't even feel truly connected to, which is why we don't achieve them. And so we're set, we're feeling senses of failure often for things we never actually really wanted to achieve in the first place. I mean, how much wasted time and emotion is that, setting a goal you don't want and then feeling bad about about not achieving it. No, thank you. So let's bring 2017 in by setting goals that we're truly passionate about and actually seeing them through to completion. I mean, how incredible is that going to feel uh, if we start the year running like that? So enjoy today's show, very last show of 2016. Thank you once again to all of you in advance for filling out that survey because that's going to be super helpful for us to produce the best show possible for you next year. Enjoy the last show of the year. Hello, Julia. How are you? Oh, I'm great, Alex. How are you? I'm fantastic, thank you. And I'm really excited to have you on the show because it's a brand new year and uh, in New Year's, we all often you know, torture ourselves with all these things we're going to get done, but then we don't do them. And with two years to go till the end of the year, I thought, you know, how am I going to finish the show this year? And I thought, I'm bringing my friend Julia on just so that we can actually start to think about feeling great about the idea of getting stuff done that we want to do and and not have another year where we sweep all the important stuff to the side because it's either too big or too hard or we haven't found a way to chunk it down to actually get stuff done. So I'm really, really excited about this chat today. Oh, well, I'm excited to be here, Alex. I'm I love your podcast. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, yay. So I think let's just start by you sharing a little bit about your past and, um, you know, maybe even personal and career. I'd love to know whether you are a reformed doer or whether you were always just someone who gets stuff done. That would that would make me feel better if maybe you were reformed. Are you? I am so reformed. Oh, yay. I am so reformed. <laughs> I you know what? I have spent most of my life not really being a doer. I've had little, well, if I look back, I've had little moments when I've really done stuff. Like, but it's sort of, but, but they, they were, they were, you know, islands in a very big ocean <laughs> not, of really not doing things. And in fact, I can remember thinking, you know, each year going past, looking back, thinking, gosh, you know, I still haven't done anything. I still haven't done sort of any of the things that I wanted to do. And, you know, literally just not getting stuff done. And it, 
you know, but I knew that I could do it because there've been times like, for instance, I think about eight years ago, nine years ago now, probably nine years ago, I wrote a book and I really, really wanted to write the book and I got the book done and I was so happy that I got the book done because I never, I never ever thought I'd actually do it. I thought I was one of these people who, you know, would want to do it. I would talk about it. I'd think about it. I'd buy notebooks to write notes in about it. But I, you know, <laughs> lots of notebooks, lots of notebooks. But I wouldn't actually really do it. Or if I did that, I'd start, wouldn't finish and everything. So, and we used to have a laugh. I used to, a lot of years ago, I was a partner at a big consulting firm, Deloitte. And another friend of mine was working there too. We used to have this bit of a joke how we didn't work very well together because we weren't what's you know, called completer finishers. We used to love starting things, never finish anything. And we were, and, and I sort of, I sort of just decided I was that sort of person who, who didn't, who, who didn't really get stuff done. And so I am very reformed and I have, you know, learned how to get stuff done, the right stuff done, big projects, that sort of stuff done. And I think because I haven't found it easy and I really haven't found it easy, I, I think that's made me, I've found better techniques and things to help other people because I think if you've been in the place where you've not been great at something, you're a much better teacher for other people who aren't great at it. Then if you're someone who, who is just a natural at something, it's really hard to understand why other people can't do it. And that, you know, naturals are not the best place, not the best people to explain it. So yes, definitely reforms. But back on me and sort of, you know, a little bit about me and my, my background and stuff. I well, first of all, I should say that I've got I've got four children, so I'm pretty busy in that department. <laughs> <laughs> Julia, I know for a fact, often writes her mailing list while she's in between uh, soccer games. Oh, I do. Her three, your three boys are such amazing soccer players, and uh, and you spend quite a bit of time on the road, and you've found ways to get your work done while you're sitting there waiting for the trials to start or, you know, you just punch it out. So I'm excited to hear uh, more about that. But, yes, four children, so so clearly you had to become a doer. I did have to become a doer. And I would say that, you know that that thing they say, give a busy person something to do because others get it done? And Mm. that was definitely the case for me. The more, sort of like the more I added more children into my life, the more I just got other stuff done. And and part of that was that I, I didn't... I thought feeling, I thought worrying so much about getting, about how I was going to do something because I only had a small window, so I just had to get on and do it, and that was, you know, very enlightening. But so, so you know, so that's a little bit about one little tip about just being being very busy and not worrying about things so much. But I uh, oh, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're saying like the more space you have to focus on the fact that you're maybe not doing something means that you then self-indulge in procrastination almost? Yes, I think so. Certainly for me, certainly those Mm. things that you don't really want to do but actually aren't such biggies like, like, you know, if you've got to make a difficult phone call. Mm. Now, if I have a really busy day with the kids and my business and all sorts of stuff and I've really only got one little window to do it and I just do it, I, I sort of don't worry about the, oh, what will they think about me or how should I start it? Oh, you know all that sort of stuff that you can go through beforehand or if you're asking for help or something if I was actually if I was asking for help with something you know like a favor I could stew on it for you know a long time because I didn't really want to ask but what mm. I found is and I've been really busy if I've only got half an hour to do something in then then it just I've just got to get on and do it and that anxiety that I used to feel about certain things and I probably would still feel that anxiety if I had the time to feel anxious I thought I just don't I just get on with it 
sometimes I've been quite surprised thinking, well, you know, I didn't get all, you know, pasty about this beforehand. I just went in and did it. Yeah. So it's definitely the less time you have, the, the, the easier it is to get over some of those some of those things which are little quirks of our own, like you'll have quirks, I have quirks, about things that we don't like doing for some reason, but it just gets you, gets you through that. But I'll just, go, just, I'll just go you know, back in time a little bit. I, didn't, I, I sort of didn't start off in my business life by being, thinking, oh, I'm going to solve this problem about getting things done. And in fact, it, it really came around by accident. And because what I found was I, I started a business called the Business Bakery eight years ago, and it was originally about online business education, primarily for women with at-home businesses. And there were two really interesting things happen with that. One is I stopped working in a big corporate and started working for myself and realized how hard I found it to get stuff done. <laughs> because, you know, I didn't, sort of didn't have all these... I didn't have all the deadlines. I didn't have the structure and all that sort of stuff around it. And, and you don't have the IT oh, guy no. on speed dial or the accounts department. Those are the people. Do you know I what? Use. When I first started my <laughs> business, I spent a whole weekend trying to work out how to set up my email. It was a very long time ago. And at the end of the, at the, end of the weekend, I said to my husband, I said, oh, I've done it. I've just sent myself an email and the email arrived and I've got email. And he just said, oh, Julia, he said, if, that, if it takes you a weekend to set up your email, I just don't think this business is going to have any hope. <laughs> and it's just, you know, because it, but those things take ages, you know, all that stuff is too. And I, yeah. and I think I also just, I wanted to explore everything that was to explore. And I just, you know, I don't know, my sense of urgency seemed to go out the window. So, so that was happening on one level. I wasn't getting stuff done. And on the other level, I was finding with, with our customers was, were that, you know, I thought that a lot of things they needed was all about the know-how. You know, you know how to do this and know how to do that and everything. But actually, they were also spinning in circles, just not getting stuff done. And it was quite, it was, it's quite interesting when you realise that actually, because I, I, I thought beforehand, everybody else has got this sorted out. Everybody else is, you know, if they're, if they're let's say they want a, a website, small business, they want a website, they're just getting that website done. You know, mine took me two years while I, you know, decided about all sorts of different aspects which really weren't important. But what I found out was lots of other people, in fact, probably the majority of other people were also spinning their wheels a bit and not getting the big stuff done too. So, so it was sort of, I realised there was a whole lot of other people in this, in this, having this dilemma. And I started sharing information because it was interesting to me and I was using different techniques to try and get myself, get things done. And I was sharing that information along with other business information, but the getting stuff done information on my blog was the stuff that everybody wants to read. Nobody wants to read, or not nobody, but certainly not as popular reading the stuff which I thought everybody would want, you know, to get. And it was far more about, wow, how do we just navigate this? How do we really just, you know, get important stuff done, stop fiddling around in the little things? you know, all that sort of stuff, which, uh, which a lot of us come across. So, so that's really how it, it, I sort of got to yeah. this place now. So interesting. And look, it's really interesting to me because it, I've had a couple of guests around procrastination and, and living your best life, you know, the sort of end of year, beginning of year, beautiful guests um, that I've collected for the 
specific purpose that I just wanted to focus on our personal sense of accomplishment and being and purpose uh, because I think that's a nice thing for all of us to do, you know, as a year closes and another one starts. And all three of you work in quite specifically in a business context. But, you know, I look at what your getting stuff done um, product, if you like, has now evolved into, which is the 100-day goal, which I'm just about to ask you about. And, and I see that that uh, in terms of me deciding on things for myself, as I've done a couple of rounds of it myself, um, it hasn't always ended up being about work. Oh, not at all. In fact... In fact, this is what sort of surprised me. So originally, so a little bit of a backstory on the 100-day goal. So I, the, the concept of picking 100 days to do a goal is a good psychological concept because the brain likes periods of 100 days. It finds a, a year for a goal is too long. I mean, it's lovely setting New Year's resolutions, but a year is too long. No to one sticks anything. to them. No one. No one sticks. Because you know what? You might have a little go and then you think, oh, I've got all year to do this. I don't need to, I don't need to put any effort into it. And that's what our brains think. I'm thinking, well, 365 days, I don't need to do it today. I can do it tomorrow. So it's way, way too long. And then conversely, although I do love 30-day challenges and I think there's lots of merit in them, they're not normally long enough to make sort of really big changes. Mm. So especially because I started this with business, but with lots of other things too, 30 days is a little bit quick. There are things that we need to put in place, which will take more than 30 days to fruit. And so if you've only got 30 days, it's like a 30 day, you know, it's a weight loss thing. 30 days, you, you can starve yourself for 30 days, but that hasn't really, that's not, not really what you had in mind, which wants to change your, you know, your, your stature or something. It is, you need to, you know, Obviously, you know, because you are the master of all this, you know, he healthily for long periods of time and, and you know, do all lots of good stuff. But 30 days might kickstart something, but it's not, it doesn't, a lot of the things you might want to do, they're not going to fruit in that time. So mm. it's 100 days is just the most fantastic time to do things for. So I've not long known this, but a few years ago, about three or so years ago, I had gone, gone to give a, a talk actually down in Adelaide and I'd gone to, I was, I, I was going to talk about pricing actually, that's something that I should talk about. And when I got there, it was an all day conference and the conference organizer came and asked me if, if I could fill in for the big rah-rah end of conference, you know, 45 minute talk because the person who was going to do it hadn't been able to come. And normally I can talk like off a donkey and I said, oh yeah, no problem at all. And then I just, I just went completely blank. I could not think of anything to talk about. And that is so rare for me. I'm, I'm probably, <laughs> I can put my hand up and attest to that. So I was a bit sort of thinking, oh, what am I going to talk about? So I was actually standing, just waiting to go on the stage, the steps, just about to get on the steps, being introduced, still not really sure what I'm going to talk about. And into my oh, head wow. it that it was 100 days until Christmas Eve. And so I thought I'd talk about, you know, 100 days to Christmas Eve. Why don't we all do a 100-day goal? And there's some te- techniques which I had learned myself around doing a good 100-day goal, which I shared with the audience. And then some of the people in the audience said, you know, after they said, oh, can we sign up for the 100-day goal? And I sort of looked at them and thought, oh, gosh, there isn't a 100-day goal, you know, thing to sign up for. But don't you worry, I will pop it to the ladies, make a quick MailChimp, this, give you a URL and you can sign up. And so the 100 day goal was born. And then from that, what happened is originally there's about, I think, I think about 70 people did the first one. And we've now got, you know, 20,000 people doing it. So from that, I've learned so much about 
um, how you know what sorts of people getting things done, reaching their goals, what works, etc. But the big surprise was how many people did it for personal things. Absolutely extraordinary. There was, in fact, the the, the one that actually just you know gave me to tears was a lady who had been suffering domestic abuse and she left her husband that was her 100 day goal and oh my I've got goosebumps even talking about it she she sent me an email at the end of that on the day 100 and she sent me an email this massive long email which I was actually standing in my kitchen making dinner and started you know having a look at this email and it was all about what she decided to do and how she'd done it and and everything and that on that day when the little ping went in her email you know and she goes oh wow and then day 100 came and I'd done it all and that just you know that just absolutely you know was just remarkable about how you can use these techniques to do big hard major things in your life so you could do them you know for fun little things too but but it, but astonishing and there's, there's, there's actually another lady for instance who has who has severe chronic fatigue syndrome but she used it to to sort of start doing more she she used it for because she was she sort of got herself into a position where she really couldn't do much at all and then every single day she's a very small thing and then and now actually she's this is probably about 400 day goals ago and now she runs a little business from home and you know, has it is just you know it's it's not easy for her, but she worked out how to start in a very small way, of getting things done, doing more, and then she got a huge sense of achievement, and that really gave her the energy to do more. So it's people use it for all sorts of things, and I love that fact. I love the fact that it's not just say a, a business thing, but it really is. It's a life thing. It's a it's a great technique which anybody can use, and. Absolutely. If you if you follow it, you know, you get the results. Absolutely. And what do you think makes us sometimes, you know, it's lovely to sign up for something like this and the next one's like 1st of yes. January, right? You're doing another one. Yes, I will be there. <laughs> and, um, you know, you sign up and it's all exciting and you read the first three emails and you're thinking fabulous and, you know, my micro actions and it's all happening and you drop off and you start seeing emails and you stop opening them and you stop, you know, it's like it it must be so common. And I just wonder, like, have you over these multiple times of running this incredible free group, do you find that there's a pattern between the ones who commit and do and the ones who drop off and don't? What are the doers actually doing to mean that they finish their 100-day goal and succeed? Yes, well, it's, it's such a fantastic question. And because I'm a little bit of a nerd, I have studied this in great detail. So because I can, because I can see, you know, who opens emails, who responds, who does things. Um, and people write often to me about how far they've got and everything. I can, you can, I've, I've got some really good data on all this. And I've chatted to a lot of people who've, I've chatted to people who've both gone through the whole 100 days and those who've stopped early on in the piece. And let me say also that I have not always been perfect to this. And I also have, you know, firsthand experience of thinking, oh, yes, I'm going to do something five days later, not doing it. So there's a few things that come into play. I guess there are two important things, really important things about the 100 day goal. One is in, is in picking the right goal. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. And the other part is that the idea is that you do something small towards your goal a real action so 
you know, a real movement towards your goals, not just, you know, shuffling the papers around, but actually really doing something proper. And you do a very small thing every single day towards your goal. And that's what these micro actions are. And, and two things happen. The, the first thing is that with, with micro actions, doing something very small every day sounds really easy. So you sort of get through the first three to five days and that was no problem at all. And then something comes up, you know, you get busy or something distracts you and you just think, oh, look, I won't bother doing it today. And that's, and if you stop doing it then, then you're twice as likely not to bother doing it tomorrow. And then twice as likely again not to bother doing yeah. it the next day. And so the key with any of these things is, is to actually really at the very beginning, try to keep pushing yourself to do another day, another day, another day. Because that's, once you've been doing it for about 20 days, uh, then you won't want to stop doing it because you won't want to break that chain that you've got. And you'll be in. And you've started to see stuff happening by then. And you've yeah. started to see stuff happening. And they're only little things. It could be a 15-minute thing. It's not a huge thing. So that's one thing, but actually what people often do a little bit wrong is they get very, I, I, I suggest that people write a list of microactions. And the reason we do that is because, you know, you don't have to think every day, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You should have got your list and you know what to do. But people get very, very excited at the beginning of the 100-day goal and they want to do too much. So they spend hours doing their microactions and then they just run out of energy. You know, it's like anything. It's like if you start a new exercise program mm. and you decide, you know, you, you never you never exercise, you never walk, never run, never do anything. And you decide you're going to go for, a, you know, an hour's run every day. And the first two days you go out for your run. And the third day you just fall in a heap because you're so not used to it. It's just, it's just hard. Whereas if you just literally, you know, went for a five minute walk and then built it up, it'd be so much better. So it's the same, mm. it's psychologically, it's the same principle of just doing small things and building it up rather than going, you know, hell for leather at the beginning and then just going, oh God, that was just too much for me. So, so that's another thing that goes wrong. But I guess the, the other thing that's a, a really important reason why people stop doing things is that they actually really, when it comes down to it, don't want to reach their goal that much. Ah, because, you know, okay. yeah, it's so interesting. It's like the goal is 100 days away and you're here right now. And anything, if it's, if it's for instance, the choice between, you know, you know, sitting on a sofa and watching a TV show, let's say, or... And having that time to do that, that just feels overwhelmingly better than the hundred than reaching your goal in a hundred days because we value things that are close, value things that are today much more than we value things that are in the future. And mm. the only way to get over that is to really, really, really want to achieve your goal. And if you really want to achieve it, then you will do it. You will make that little bit of extra time or make the effort or get over your procrastination or whatever the things are that you're struggling with. You will get over it because you really, really want to reach your goal. But it turns out that often we set goals for ourselves that, you know, sound good or other people think we should do or we want to tell other people we're doing these things, but we don't really, really, really want to do it. And I think that is the... You know, it's, 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 it's quite interesting when you look and think, oh, look, actually, I always said I wanted to do that, but actually I really didn't. Mm. And when I think back to when I wrote my book years ago, I, I wanted to, I'd sort of always wanted to write a book. I wanted to write a novel and started various novels, never got anywhere, you know, did courses. I mean, courses are quite funny. Courses are that sort of thing where, you know, we feel we're doing really good stuff towards our goal, but actually we just, it's a form of procrastination. You know, yeah. some, some courses are very good, but a lot are a form of procrastination because I just think I, I just keep going on with courses. Anyway, so I've always wanted to write books, never got around, never finished it. Well, never really 
never got anywhere near. But then when I wrote, I wrote a book called How to Bake a Business, and I absolutely wanted to, I so wanted to write that book that I just found the time to do it and got it done. And it, so, so having the goal, having this thing that you really want to do and, and having that as something that you really want to achieve is the, is, is the biggest thing. And it's interesting how many of our dreams turn out to be sort of wishful thinking and that actually we don't so want to put the effort in. Yes, and I find some so often we can, you know, we go through the whole school system and then often straight through to TAFE or university and and then into the workplace and it's just go, 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 go. And in our formative teen years, there's very little thought put into what our real magic is and how we might best oh. contribute to the world. Yeah. There's very little thought that goes into that. And I believe that, that we just cloud over ourselves more and more and more with this societal checklist. Uh, and I know this for a fact because I've done it myself, um, doing mm. what we're good at quite often. Oh, you know, you're so great at that. Like, you know, just get into retail. You're amazing at explaining different options to people. And then you're amazing at making people feel good. <laughs> Why don't you move into hospitality? That's fantastic. You know, and I, I would just go, oh, yeah, I am doing, I'm good at that. So, yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, I would just kind of mosey on through these career choices for many, many years in the first part of my career. And it wasn't until I actually launched a another hospitality business and uh, went to a business chicks event, actually, our good friend Emma Isaacs and her amazing business. Yeah. And Professor Fiona Woods, you, you know that um, skin grafting doctor? She's got six kids. Yeah, she's. you've got nothing on her, Julia. She's Hello. got six. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and she said this thing that on that very same day I thought, oh, my gosh, I've started the wrong business because just two weeks before I had started writing a little blog. This was 2009 about some health discoveries and, and yummy recipes that my friends had wanted. But I thought, well, that's not really a business, though. I'll still have to, you know do my luxury events kind of thing in hospo and and she said don't do less than your best for the sake of making the people around you feel comfortable and it hit mm. me like a ton of bricks that that line and it it has and remains my favorite quote ever because I feel that so so much of how busy we are in life and how fast we go through checking all the boxes means we don't often stop to think, well, how best can I serve the world, the people around me, myself, of course. And I wonder whether that's why often people choose these goals that they had, you know, that it's it could for the very first time for many people be them thinking about what they might actually like to work on. Absolutely. And, you know, you're so right about the, you know, the way that we live our lives through school, uni or whatever and so forth and not really making choices but actually being sort of just <laughs> carried along mm. on a, you know, on a sort of a wave or, or, people, or expectation or being pushed. And I think, you know, interestingly, there's lots of, in our community, there are a lot of people who've come to the end of where they've somehow been. So, for instance, people who are, have been have set a goal and been desperate to get out of a job that they detested and they might have done it for 20 years. You know, like some people have just, you know, they've just got to the end of their tether and they've thought, you know, I have, I mean, some people have chosen their goal is to work out what to do mm. because they realise that they 
they just went and did all this stuff. And, and they, it's almost like one day they woke up and thought, God, how did I get here? Because I never, this is not what I thought, you know, my life was going to be. I've been, and I haven't done, I'm not getting a sense of good sense of satisfaction out of work or, you know, life, basically. So, mm. And so this could be a really good thing for women returning to the workforce after having had a couple of kids as well. Absolutely. Yeah, very cool. So do you actually give people steps? I'm kind of asking you this question out of formality because I actually know how well you, <laughs> how well you help people set their goals. But can you just share a little bit about what you do in, in those early days of 100-day goal to help people come up with the right goal? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I do. I, so it, people can do whatever goal they want to, but what I try to take people through is a bit of a process for, it's like, a, it's like your own little checklist thinking, is this goal going to you know, work for me? And there's a few important things. So we've talked about something that's really important to you. And I get people to do things, exercises like the five whys, where you get somebody to ask you, so why do you want to achieve that goal? And they give an answer. And you say, so why? And you have to keep doing the answer five times. And that helps to get to the bottom of why you really want to achieve it. And if you can't do that, eventually you just laugh and say, oh, no, maybe, this, maybe I don't really want to do this goal after all. So that's a, a really good exercise to do. The other thing that I think is really super important about goals is that they are in some way sort of measurable on the way through. So not just at the end, but actually on a daily basis that you can see progress that you're making. And this is really, really, really important because when, you know, and it's all to do with how our subconscious brain works, but basically... You know, our, our subconscious loves achieving things and it sends off, you know, feel good hormones around us. So and those hormones, you know, feel so fantastic to us. We want to repeat the process again so we get more of that hormone. And so if every day you achieve something, a little something, you think, oh, wow, that's so good. The hormone goes whizzing around. You think I'm going to do it again tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and you achieve it and so on and so forth. And so if you pick a goal where you can see the outcome of that. So it's not just a sort of, not a case of I showed up every day to do it, but actually you can see that it's working a little bit, uh, you know, on a, every day, then it's much easier to keep going. Um, it's much harder to do a goal where you don't get any feedback from and you don't know whether you've achieved it or not until the end. Mm. So, and, and because the goal is the big, is the force, the goal is the big sort of pull. I mean, you as a person do the push, the, you know, the pushing is the, you know, sort of committing to yourself and making yourself do, you know, you, you know when you're pushing yourself because it feels like you're pushing yourself. The goal is like a magnet and it pulls you along. And so the combination of the two things is, is, is what really makes it work. But it's to have, yeah, so to have your goal, something that's, something you really want to do, something that's really measurable. And then the other thing that I get people to do is to, is to think about good, great, and awesome goals. And this is because, you know, the human brain is a, is a funny thing, and it, it likes to not waste any effort at all. So if you set a goal to, to, to reach 100 in something, your, the, the brain sets itself to reach 100, not 101, because that's wasted effort. You know, the brain's busy, doesn't want to do wasted effort, so right just onto 100. But the brain doesn't think that something might come up which is going to, you know, get in your way and stop you getting there. So it doesn't sort of allow any buffer in there. Mm. So if you, if you set your goal at exactly actually what you want to achieve, your brain will aim for that. 
but we'll probably just get a little bit just slightly less because it didn't factor in the fact that you were going to be, you know, sick for five days or whatever. Yeah. So what you do is you set your good goal is what you want to achieve, then a great goal, which is sort of 10% more, and then an awesome goal, which might be 25% more than your original. And you write it all down on a piece of paper, put it away somewhere, and then you set off on your awesome goal. You, your awesome goal is the goal that you think about, that I encourage people to write down their goal every day, um, again, for you know, good, good brain reasons. Um, but you go after the awesome goal. And then what you, most people find by the end of 100 days is they don't reach, quite reach the awesome goal, but they're way above the good goal. And most people come in somewhere around the great, maybe a little bit higher. And it's just, it, it always works like that. And so it's, it, it's good to set the sort of goal that you can uh, aim for overachieving it because then you'll, then you'll get there. I love it. Uh, it's just, uh, it, it's one of those things that's just so, sounds so simple. But I think as with all things, and I know because I run online courses myself, there's something about a whole group of people coming together and encouraging each other through the process. Do you find that it's the people who interact in the community who tend to be the ones who also open all the emails, like from your analytics? <laughs> yes, look, there is, I mean, there is a huge, the, the people who are, are, you know, really active in a community are always opening the emails and they're really into it and they tend to have their best goals because they're doing, you know, some people stay in the community but sort of dip in, dip out a bit, you know, they, they don't always do each one with as much sort of effort because we run it three times a year. So, but the ones that are sort of doing, doing the opening emails, they're in the community, they're asking questions, they're looking after other people, get a lot out of it and, you know, do very well in, in reaching their goals. There are, there are a group of people who don't participate in the community because that's really not their thing. But I can see that opening their emails every day, they write and say how they're doing. Often they'll just turn up at the, the end in the community and they'll just pop something in there saying, oh, you know, we haven't heard from me for 100 days, but... I was here and there, there, you know some of us do very well for that sense of community and some of us are quite private so I mm. do think community is really important for the right sort of person but yeah. it is not essential there are lots of people who just like to go about their goals in a very private sort of way or you know, they've just done an, in a non, non-community sort of way. But mm. absolutely, the energy from the group, you know, you, you read about what other people are doing and you think, oh, wow, you know what? That really, they can do it, then so can I, you know? And, yeah. and that, and then the people who, I mean, what I love most about the community is, you, is, is when people post uh, something in there and they'll say, oh, you know, I'm just having a shocking time. I just can't seem to find my get up and go to do this. Oh, you know, I'm feeling a bit lost. And then you get, you know, 20 or 30 comments. People saying really fantastic tips and advice and buddying up with them. And, you know, a week later, you find that they've got it all back together and they're, and they're doing it again. And that is just wonderful about how we come together. And, and you know, all great communities do this. is supporting the people who just need that extra you know, a little bit of help. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's introverts and extroverts and different people wanting to achieve things in different ways. And if I think back to hospitality, there were people who wanted to 
chat to you for hours on the other side of the bar and then there were people who just wanted their drink and to look down and read their book. Yeah. That was it. They didn't want to talk. And I think, you know, that in anything in life there's going to be different types of people. So it's so interesting with the whole online thing. We all assume that stuff has to be done a certain way and it just doesn't. You can still be yourself and interact with whatever you're working on in the way that you want to interact with it. Absolutely. I mean, only about 20, between 20 and 25% of people who do the 100-day goal join the Facebook community. Oh, wow. So it's quite small. It's quite a small percentage compared to the whole. Mm. Sometimes more joy than and leave because it can be very noisy in there at the beginning of a beginning of a 100-day goal and you've got, you know, thousands of people all writing things in there and it can be quite overwhelming, you know, it's sort of overwhelming in your news feed. So some people mm. sort of duck out of it. But there's a lot of people who... You know, they just don't care for that. But then who who writes me? I have a huge number of people who write and say, this is what I'm doing, and, you know, which is lovely. Which is lovely. So, yeah. and then there are little groups, regional groups that have set themselves up and they go and meet in person in coffee shops and that's, they've, t- they've got a real-life community. And they, oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah, it's so lovely. It is so lovely. You know, it just made me so happy when people started doing that because... You know, they, they, so people getting together over a common thing of the process of the 100 day goal, but with different goals, you know, different issues, problems, dreams, whatever it is, and all getting together and help themselves. And the real life thing is lovely, I think. You know, I love mm. online, I love, love, online's great, but having a real life interaction with people is very special still. Agree. And I think online is a powerful instigator. But uh, often, you know, at some point in real life is where the, the real magic starts to happen because you build those connections and you grow together and, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yes. Oh, so good. So you're starting one in a couple of weeks, January 1st. Can you believe we're halfway through December? I can't. I know. <laughs> it's a little bit crazy. What can people do I mean obviously I'll have everything in the show notes can we sign up from today or do we have to wait till just a couple of days beforehand run us through the the basics okay you can sign up whenever you want sign up now right now and in mm-hmm. fact I I suggest that the best thing to do is to have, have you know signed up before the first of Jan and then when you sign up you get a free workbook which uh, well it's, it's sort of the guide to doing the 100 day goal which outlines some of the things I've talked about now plus some other things, some more specific things about, you know, reaching the goals, et cetera, and some homework to do, you know, before the 100-day goal starts. Now, I do acknowledge that it is, you know, Christmas, New Year time, <laughs> which is not the best time to be, you know, doing lots of planning, et cetera. So, or you could do what I suggest, which is do all your Christmas shopping online in the peace and calm of your own home, no wrestling with car park yeah. spots. And um and giving the guy in the blue Honda a greasy, and <laughs> <laughs> and just as it's all being delivered, you can work on your hundred day goal stuff. Absolutely, that's that's absolutely perfect. <laughs> that's absolutely perfect. And so one of the so the, the two important things to do before starting are to think about your goal and to really think about it. So I like to encourage people to really mull it over, you know, for a couple of weeks or so, and then to start this micro action list which is you know suggest that you write 120 different little actions you could do to reach your goal and the point of starting off by doing writing out 120 is because you know it's easy to think of you know 30 things to do 
but they're 30 really normal things to do. What happens is when you push yourself to write lots out, when you push yourself to do 120, you'll start getting really creative and imaginative and find some quite fun and exciting ways to tackle your goals. And they're the really, that's the really good Ooh, stuff. So you have I to, like it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to really push through the sort of the, the dross to get to the good. So that's another bit of prep. And then... And then you're all ready for the, you know, the 1st of January, you know, hangover in hand to do something. Now, I do suggest that people do something really small, you know, when they start on the 1st of January, so it feel like it. But, you know, I also get people to, I mean, I, I encourage people to either, well, I encourage people to keep a journal and, you know, you can buy your own notebook and I explain how to do a journal or I also have a 100-day journal which people can buy. But the idea of a journal is that, you know, journaling is fantastic, and I'm, I'm sure you, you know a lot about journaling, Alex, but, but it's, it's very good to always reflect every day on, on you know, what you're planning to do around your goal, what did you do, what went well, what didn't well, any results you've had. And it keeps people going. You know, all these little techniques are just to get you to do one more day, and that's really the essence of it. One more day, one more day, one more day, and then you get it done. And so, you know, in the, in the run-up uh, to the start of it, people to get their journal ready and really set out the first week so that you know what little micro-actions you're going to do for the first seven days. Because then you, if you do the first seven days, you'll carry on. If you give up after, if you, you know, after day three, you're finding it hard, you probably won't reconnect back in with it. Mm. And so it's, and it's all, it is a very, very simple process. But, you know, like you said, simple doesn't mean it's easy because you've still got to show up and do it. Mm. But, it's, but it's really, it is very simple. And I'm a great believer in simple. You know, I like things to be nice and simple and, you know, without too many twiddly bits, just so that uh, you, you just, you could fit it in and get a nice rhythm to something. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think there's a propensity for us to overcomplicate things because if things are complicated, then they're hard. And if things are really hard, then we have a reason for not doing them. But I'm a, a really big believer in a simple and logic myself. You know, a lot of people who do my courses, they're, they're making some massive life changes. They're huge. You know, when we learn about chemicals and where to identify certain ones that are dodgy and how to remove them, like you're talking about changing the way your pantry and personal care cupboard look forever. And that can be a really big thing. But actually, it's not a big thing if we don't let it become a big thing because we're just looking at this product this day that ran out. What's the better choice next time? Great, done. And if you just, you know, simplify everything and, and not go into indulgent kind of, oh, my gosh, it's huge, it's massive, this is, this is just the biggest thing I've ever undertaken and it's going to be amazing, but, oh, my God, it's so hard. You know, all those kind yeah. of dramatizations we, we do in life so often. I, I often wonder whether that's a cultural thing that, that has crept up upon us and is more, much more of a hindrance than a help when things are actually quite simple, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, I think there's a few cultural things. There's that of trying to make things very complicated. There's also that the default button of I'm busy. Mm. You know, I just, you know, how are you? I'm busy. And I know I'm guilty of that. Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Everyone's so busy. And if you're not busy, you're thinking, oh, gosh, goodness, I really need to be busy. And, you know, it, <laughs> <laughs> quick, get busy. And sort of feeling that you can't just, feel there's something wrong with you if you, 
just take everything in your stride. Yes. And, you know, and I do think a lot of these things have just become cultural and we sort of, you know, hype ourselves up and simple. I mean, your example is simple. It's just fantastic. You know, really, you know, that's, you know, the, whatever, the way to eat an elephant one, one little bit at a time. But we do get a little bit oh, I want to change everything right now. I want to do everything right now. And then we don't do, and then we sort of flop back and don't do anything. And then we don't do anything. <laughs> exactly. And then we become paralyzed with fear because everything's so huge. And then, then you really don't do anything because you can't do anything Absolutely. when you're paralyzed by fear. So, I, yeah. Okay. So I'm really excited. We've got all of the details in the show notes. This is not just for people who have a business. This is for anyone, anything that you out there have been thinking, you know, that is just something I am itching to have in my past as something I got done, whether it be, you know, quitting a job you've been resenting for years or, um, or working on some epic scrapbooking project of your children's lives. I mean, it could literally be anything, couldn't it, Julia? Absolutely. It could be absolutely anything, you know, especially something, I think the first ones are good, especially if it's something where you're thinking, oh, I've always just wished I'd done that. You know, I've just not quite got that done. It doesn't have to be something big. It's not writing a novel. It could just be, as you said, you know, scrapbooking, organizing your photos. A common one for the beginning of the year is decluttering. Mm, anything. I love it. Pick something, do it. I mean, I, I think as a little bit of a hint, pick, uh, pick something that's not too hard for the first 100-day goal you do. Because then, if you then when you've sort of got how it all works, if you've got something really major that you want to do, you could do that for your second one. You get a taste for it. Oh, you get a taste for it and you think, yep, I totally, yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much for explaining it, for giving us the courage to become doers. I think we all want to be doers, but often there just isn't that resilience building tool to become one. So I find the 100-day goal a brilliant one. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing a few members of my podcast community there on January 1. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me, Alex. It's been wonderful chatting to you. Super lovely. Thank you so much once again, Julia Bigstaff. Thank you so much for joining me for today's show. Check out the show notes at lowtoxlife.com forward slash podcast. And if you wanted to maybe share a quote and something that really jumped out for you, you can find us on Instagram at lowtoxlife or simply hashtag lowtoxlife across social media. I absolutely love bringing you the show. Thank you for any of the star ratings or one-line reviews that you guys have left. It helps me know what you've been loving and what you'd love to see more of. I'll see you next week. Jack Rabbit FM for your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.